Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is Rick Wirtz. I, I am the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Those are dads that uh, prioritize their physical presence, are engaged emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. Uh, this uh, podcast, we're continuing the discussion a while, around why faithful fathering is important in your life. Uh, we're here to help you uh, be the dad the next generation needs. And I, I always want to point you to the uh, website, faithfulfathering.org, where you can click on the For Dads button and uh, see, to see a history of our blogs or studies uh, that really uh, complement these podcasts uh, uh, very well. So, And as always, this will be a very practical discussion that I pray blesses you as our listeners and uh, engaged in uh, faithful fathering on your journey uh, as, as a father. In the studio with me today is a dear friend uh, to discuss why faithful fathering is, uh, uh, is important. Is a very special guest, Julius Cairo. Uh, he's a husband and dad and uh, uh, husband to, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, go ahead and introduce your bride and uh, let you introduce yourself. Uh, uh, my name is Julius Cairo. My wife's name is Shanda Cairo, and we have uh, four adopted children. Um, we are currently fostering a teenage girl and her uh, by, and her son as well. Fantastic. Well, that uh, that's quite a load. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself as far as how long you've been married and your background a little bit. Okay. So me and my wife got married in 2011. Uh, we were together four years before we got married. So we've been together uh, right at 15 years now. Um, so... What else would you say? They, they just, uh, how you, you, you said you have a... a uh, a teenage daughter and she has a daughter so that suggests that you guys uh, uh, have a house full already and uh, yet there you don't have kids between in the marriage but you've uh, brought kids into your marriage into your home yeah so yeah we've been foster parents for right at 11 years now um, we started out um, as foster parents um, with a, a family friend um, had a son who needed to, to be taken care of uh, for a short period of time, and then after that, we became official foster parents with the state of Texas, um, and have been doing that for about ten years. Fantastic! So, give us that uh, that broad brush, if you would, Julius, on uh, just what foster care is about, and uh, again, how how you got interested in in, uh, in, in being. You know, obviously, it is a I guess it's a statewide uh, licensing. Uh, yet you're involved here in Harris County, but uh, give us a little bit of a broad brush. Why foster care is out there? What uh, what is uh, what was your motivation to get engaged? So fostering. Um, so first off, I was adopted by my grandparents um, uh, from birth. My also uh, my three siblings were also adopted by my grandparents from birth. Uh, my grandmother was adopted, so my family was always kind of a a thing that we talked about, things that we knew about, um, very obvious in our family. Um, and so that was just something that we talked about. As far as foster care in the United States, um, currently there's around 400,000 kids in the U.S. foster care system. Wow. Um, there's about 117 of those kids that are legally free and ready for adoption. 117,000? 117,000, right. yes, right. sir. Um, on an average year, there's about 20,000 kids that age out of the U.S. foster care system. And that feeds directly into our homeless population, feeds into the sex trafficking population, um, and then just feeds into um, our prison population. Um, 
So you, when you say age out, what what is the average time that someone would be in a in a foster care? I've read I've read where uh, it usually is like two and a half years in a in a system, but uh, sometimes there's six eight years uh, in the system. Um, so the average I think currently, as far as time spent in the foster care system for a lot of kids right now, is about five and a half years. Really? Okay. Yes, sir. On on average. Um, and so as far as aging out, uh, most kids age out at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Um, there are states such as Texas that have uh, what's called extended foster care, uh, where kids can be in foster care up until the age of 21, um, as long as they're legally working or in school full time. Okay. Um, so there is ways for them to extend that, ser- that care or that service. Um, with some different how, how do kids get in in the foster care system uh so most people think that kids in the foster care system is from abuse or or physical um most of the foster care system is is due to neglect um now neglect can be anything from mom and dad's on drugs they're not taking care of the children they can't provide for the children whether that be physical needs um, emotionally different different things like that but no, neglect is the number one reason why kids are in the foster care system okay and uh, uh, what uh, you when, when I, I would assume that the uh, attraction to adoption is really for quite young kids as they get older in the system it's harder and harder to find those adoptive parents yes so most of the kids currently that are in the the foster care system or and the kids that are open for adoption are mostly older kids um, usually after the age of 10 Um, and that is one of the reasons why there are so many um, as far as locally in the foster care system is is that um, in some cases when people are looking to adopt they they do kind of specify I want a baby I want you know a younger kid and so those kids are more like you said more attractive when it comes to um, and there's also just a, a stereotype and, and just a unrealistic knowledge of, about older kids. Um, because not, you know, when, when people hear about the foster care system, obviously it's a broken system. It's, it's a system that in itself, in its name, is designed to be temporary. It's a temporary placement of a child. And, and their goal in, in the foster care system ultimately is reunification. Obviously, they want the parents to be able to work a service plan. They want them to be able to get their lives together and then to be able to reunify the children with the families. Um, and so what people tend to think is, is the older kids that are in the system for long periods of time, they're broken, there's something wrong with them, there's a reason why they're still there, you know, and so they're the ones that get overlooked or, or not thought about nearly as much as far as that goes when it when it comes to selecting kids. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so, so what is the uh, if when the foster care is focus is on what to, to, to? I mean, I like I said, ideally in in a perfect world, they want to reunify with the parents. Right. Um, that's that's ideal because ultimately there's a lot of things that can happen if they don't reunify with the parents because a lot of kids that come into foster care come into foster care with siblings. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times they may have three or four siblings that are removed from a home at one time. Well, not every home is equipped to take three or four kids. And so you may have one kid here, you may have two kids here, you may have another kid here. So, I mean, kids could be ultimately a four a four child home could be split up in four different homes right and so you know if there's not a way for them to reunify at home they may never be able to reunify ever 
Right. Um, and so the ideal situation in the foster care system is to be a temporary service to where these parents can get their lives together, get the services that they need so that they can get their children back. Uh, if you adopt through the foster, foster care system, is that set up to where uh, there would be no real uh, interaction with the birth parents necessarily after that? Or is it a, like an open adoption where you try to stay in contact and maintain? It honestly can be both. It can be either either or. Um, we've None of the kids that we have currently that we've adopted um, have any con- contact with biological parents. Um, but we also know people in the foster care world and friends of ours that do have open adoptions with their biological parents. Um, and so it, it goes both ways. It's really just kind of an agreement depending on the case. Um, you know, some cases obviously are severe, more, more severe than others, um, depending on what happened to the child, the trauma, the neglect, abuse, um, depending on what's going on. Um, and so is it safe to have contact with the, with the family? Um, or not, and right. so that that varies right. depending right. on the situation. And is that where child advo- advo- advocacy uh, group comes in? Child advocacy for the to make sure the situation is safe, or what? What's the relationship between child advocacy advocacy groups? I can't say that. Word. Um, so different groups do different things. So as far as CASA, which is the major child advocacy um, program in Texas. Um, they're just kind of like a voice for the children mm-hmm. um, because, you know, on, on both sides you have, you know, you usually have lawyers for the biological families, you have lawyers for the child, you have lawyers that are attached to CPS. Graduating too many lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> you have all of, these, all of these different people as far as that goes. And so the, the primary job of CASA as far as that goes is to, to advocate for the child is mm-hmm. to, you know, if the child is old enough to, to where they can speak and have a voice and, uh, you know, and, and just kind of to help make sure that the, that, that the agencies involved aren't overstepping or aren't really the only ones making decisions. Maybe um, some self-motivation in there for one group or the other, huh? Yes. And so that, and so that's usually, um, just so there's more, more hands in the, in, in the, in the, decision-making process. Right. Um, but different groups do different things. Um, me and my wife actually run a nonprofit called Kingdom Care, um, and we work with foster adoptive families. We work with the biological families, um, providing supports and services um, to try to help them, one, to be able to continue to foster and adopt if they're on that journey, but then also with the biological families, um, we help them get situated so they may have an open CPS case and they may need a bed. In fact, last night we delivered two beds and some mattresses and some clothes to a, to an aged out foster dad who now has his two kids because uh, his wife, their, their mother, um, was actually uh, murdered. Um, and so his kids, they were separated at the time and his kids were placed with him yesterday. And so we got a call yesterday and was able to provide some beds and some stuff to get them started so that that way um, they were able to to move on. And, and, and whatever that looks like at, at that point in time with the, with the incident being so close. So there, there are different groups that do different things as far as advocacy. Um, there's groups that help provide resource information and go to the state and, and levy and, and do different things with that. Um, but there are a lot of different groups involved in, in foster care when it comes to stuff like that. Fantastic. Well, Dads, we're here talking with uh, Julius Cairo. Uh, he runs a, a ministry called uh, Kingdom Care, 
and we're talking a little bit about the foster care system. I encourage you to to uh, get plugged in a little bit, learn a little bit more about what's going on in your neighborhood for uh, for kids that maybe uh, have experienced trauma or not, uh, or they're just uh, put into the care. What's the what's the biggest uh, misconception about foster care out there that you would uh, like to share with the dads? Um, I think the biggest, I mean, misconception is just that uh, we always hear, um, one thing that's always told to us is, is I don't, I don't think I could give them back. I think it would hurt too much to have to give them back if we were to take, take care of them. And, and to me, and what I've seen in that, in this world is that if you're that person that can love these kids that much, that it would hurt for them to leave, then you're the person that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, because the reason that they're in care is because they've never had that before. They've never had somebody in their life that it would pain them and hurt them for them not to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I mean, that's the only, only way as a dad myself that I could think that somebody could, you know, allow different things to happen. And, and not everything that happens for these kids to be removed, you know, is just horrific. And that's the other misconception in foster care is that these kids are abused or they're just so mistreated or, you know, something, something seriously ha- bad happened. But, you know, I mean, if, if these kids go to school and they, they haven't had a bath because they don't have running water at home, and the school reports it, that opens up a CPS case. That CPS case can open open up to the kids being in foster care because they go to the home, they check everything out, the kids are sleeping on the floor, they just don't have the means to take care of them. That's considered neglect. And so, but that could happen to anybody. You right. know, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, mom and dad are monsters. It just means that mom and dad couldn't don't take have care the capacity of, couldn't to care take for, care for those kids right. at that point. Right. Right. You know, and I mean, I think that, you know, that lends to itself is, is us as a church, you know, our responsibility on, on taking care of and, and stepping into the gaps for these people who are hurting and, and need us to be there for them. You're talking about the capital C church, not yes, necessarily the, the, a specific church, right? No, the capital yes, C the, church. Capital, the capital C church. I love what you said. You know, we're here for a reason. And uh, if, if that's a misconception that uh, someone thinks they may have to, it would hurt too much to give it to only have a child for a window. Uh, but it, what you're saying is the Lord has you there for a time and for a window. If that is the whole life of the child, then so be it. If it's uh, six months, then uh, you've you've touched that person as Christ would touch uh, that person for that, yes, that child for that window of time. For sure. That, uh, that, is, that is something that me and my wife say, whether it's 18 minutes, 18 days, or 18 years, you have an opportunity to plant a seed. And that seed ultimately you know, it, it grows. We don't get to choose when it grows, but it grows. At some point, it's going to be watered. It may be watered by somebody else, but it's going to eventually grow. And, you know, with the church being able to, like I said, wrap around these families, love on these families, and try to catch, you know, the system, because the system really has three ultimately defined parts. So you have kids that are going into the system. You have kids that are currently in the system. And then you have kids that are aging out of the system. And in order to, what we want to do in Kingdom Care is empty the system, um, we have to attack all three of those parts. Mm. And to do that, we need the church doing what, what you just said, where we all have our yes and our ability and the passions and the talents and the gifts that God's given us um, to be able to do so. That's one thing that we talk about with Kingdom Care is everybody has a yes. Mm. 
You can mow a lawn, you can say yes. You can cook a meal, you can say yes. You can go screw in a light bulb, you can say yes to a foster family. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, we have a bunch of single foster moms who would love for a dad to come and just spend you know, 20, 30 minutes with their son playing catch you know, in the backyard. That's a yes. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to be a foster parent to participate in foster care. Um, and that's, you know, why we created Kingdom Care is because it's a bigger picture of, of taking care of the system. It's not foster care because foster care, like I said, that word in itself means temporary. Mm -hmm. It means for a time being. Kingdom Care is the church itself and the mindset of the kingdom wrapping around these families and one, trying to prevent kids from going into care, two, yanking the ones that are in care out. And three, making sure that the ones who are about to fall off don't ever fall off. Amen. Amen. Well, dads, again, we, uh, we're talking to Julius Cairo, uh, heads ministry up called Kingdom Care. We've just given you a broad brush of uh, what the foster care system is about and uh, that you might uh, know a little bit more than you knew uh, 20 minutes ago. But uh, continue to listen to these podcasts. We've got a couple, uh, several more here with Julius that uh, will give some more insight specifically on uh, foster care kids being adopted and even uh, adoption as an option. So stay tuned to listen to the next uh, couple of uh, podcasts and uh, we'll look forward to uh, further discussion with Julius. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. God bless. Godspeed.